Hello, and welcome to this extra special Valentine's Day edition of Scene to Scene. As always, I'm your host, Jordan McDaniel, and this week, we're doing an extra special podcast for Valentine's Day. You know, a little about me. Valentine's Day is one of my favorite holidays of the year. I am a big romantic person. I definitely am a fan of the whole Hallmark candies, chocolates, flowers, all of it. it. It's a special place to me. You know, it's the one day of the year where love is extra loving and extra romantic and extra dramatic. And, you know, as the resident queen of hearts that I am... You know, it has to be up there with one of the best holidays for me. But with that being said, we are doing the 2000 movie Bedazzled. Um, Bedazzled, like I said, came out in 2000. It was a remake of the 1967 movie by the same name. I have never actually seen the original, so I can't specifically comment on it, but it is a remake. Um, it is produced or it is directed by Harold Ramis, who, if you are unfamiliar with, he's done Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, he directed Groundhog's Day and uh, National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation or whatever it is, like one of them, like National Lampoon. Um so yes, um, he obviously is a very prolific director. I mean, just like Ghostbusters, Groundhog's Day, like, you know what I mean? Like those speak for themselves and, you know, he's no snooze behind the camera on this one. I think this movie, um, really captures the story that it's telling in a fun, fun, flirty, like silly, goofy, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, but serious way at the same time. And especially given the themes and the, um, nature of this story, it definitely could be a little serious or preachy or like religious-y. And I think it finds a nice balance between being reverend to, the story that it's telling and also being like silly and goofy in a movie. Um, so for those of you who don't know, general plot for this movie, Bedazzled, Brandon Fraser, Elliot, um, and Elizabeth Hurley as the devil. <laughs> um, but general th- like movie synopsis for you. Um, Desperate to gain the affection of a beautiful co-worker, Elliot Brandon Fraser strikes a deal with devil Elizabeth Hurley, a drop-dead gorgeous woman with a wicked sense of humor. In exchange for Elliot's soul, she will grant him seven wishes, but with each wish, he gets more than he's asked for. So that's the general plot, just synopsis for you right off of Wikipedia. Um, but I'm going to take you through... You know, generally the movie. I'm not going to get too crazy into detail. I'm all doing all that. But, you know, just like beats that are important. Um, So we meet Elliot. He's, I would describe Elliot as 
very golden retriever energy like very that like he's shy but energetic he's soft but a lot he's goofy but like enjoyable to me I really enjoy Elliot like just base when we meet him Elliot I would find him attractive I would enjoy him I think I would maybe date him you know like he's cute and he's Brendan Fraser so I mean hell but he's just very like you can tell that he wants to fit in and he wants to be liked and like I don't know there's just something so sweet and endearing about him like as I watch him in this first part of this movie and even throughout the rest of the movie but like specifically setting up for you know when we meet the devil like he's just so sweet and soft and like innocent and I just feel like attracted to him like I really do like I could see how his co-workers or other people in life find him annoying or like a bit much but I don't know like maybe it's just the way that Brendan Fraser plays him but he's very endearing to me like I, I find myself rooting for him um so we meet him at work he um doesn't really get along with his co-workers and not on his end you know like he tries he tries to talk to them he tries to set plans things like that and they are not having him they are not a fan of him and it's like so sad because like on one hand like I said I'm really endeared to him I really like him like as a character like he speaks to me but I could see how co-workers or other people in the world in which the story is taking place find him a bit annoying he's kind of Disney princessy like very like idealistic and uh, he he oh my god like he, he. um chickies like you know like like he's very like wholesome and I could see how like in the real world in which this takes place that like a co-worker like that could be a little grating a little oh great here comes Elliot like I could see that we also all have co-workers like that where for whatever reason, just like them, their presence, who they are is like, and like, you know, like, it's kind of like, you're fine. But like, there's just something about you that like, I would never want to talk to you outside of work. I'd never want to go to the bar. Like, those aren't things that I would want to do. Which takes us into the next part of the story, where he runs into the co-workers who blew him off. And you know, just kind of joins them like honestly like, he just kind of joins him um and then they start giving him a hard time because his work crush Allison walks in and he's like oh like she's sweet she's amazing like I know so much about her we were friends and his co-workers aren't buying it obviously um so they encourage him to go talk to her and like prove it like go if you're about that life then go be about that life do it do it um which leads us into, you know, he go talks to her and she's like, I have no clue who this man is. Just smile. Um, and he's awkward and goofy and endearing. Like, even when he's flirting with her, I'm like, oh, you poor teddy bear. Like, you poor golden retriever. Like, I just want to hug you. Um, but she turns him down, sort of. You know, she just kind of like excuses herself from that situation. And then he says he would do anything or give anything to have her. And then who should but appear the none other than the devil herself, Elizabeth Hurley. And, you know, one of the silly things that I really enjoy about this movie is the needle drop. Every time she appears in the beginning of Wild Thing, 
I think it's so funny. That song is such a fun, like, sexy, like, sex pot, sex icon, femme fatale sort of song to play. And I like the recurrence of that needle drop. Like, every time she appears in the beginning, we get that, like, like, it's kind of iconic. So she flirts with him. She convinces him, you know, like, I'm the devil. He doesn't believe her. She's like, wishes for anything. And he wishes, and he wishes for a Big Mac and a Coke. And, and hilarious, you know, you would assume like the devil would be like, snaps fingers, like, here you go. But instead, a bus appears. And then they ride the bus to McDonald's. They get in line, they order, and then she makes him pay for it. Because there are no free meals in life. Um, and then we go to the club after she drives that really nice car. The um, I want to say it's a Lamborghini Diablo. Which, you know, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, devil. Um, um, but sick car. Get to the club. Of course, the devil would own uh, early 2000s. Like really clubby club club. Um, and she convinces him to make a deal with the devil um you know in exchange for his soul he will get seven wishes that he can use for his heart's desires to live out dream anything that he wants to wish for and we're going to quickly go through his wishes his first wish is he wants to be like powerful and rich so he gets made into a cartel um this house that he wakes up in, absolutely beautiful. Um, I think Brendan Fraser now, like, I think nowadays this could kind of be controversial to have him playing a character that he's playing at this wish um, with, you know, the very lateral-centric Hispanic visual and, like, place that this story takes place like I think it could be controversial but I think it's fine I think it's enjoyable he looks great I don't know if that's actually him speaking Spanish but if it is then muy caliente for him like it's really good I would assume it's probably him and he probably either like had to learn Spanish knew Spanish or had someone on like the stage on set giving him the lines line by line by line for each like scene and things but um you know by the end of that wish he is overthrown the cartel is trying to replace him Allison who is his wife in this has denounced him and wants nothing to do with him and has been cheating on him blah 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 so then we come back to the 666 phone that the devil gives him anytime his wishes feel although they're not going the way he wants to reset um, and she explains to him, you know, maybe you're going about it wrong. Maybe she wants more of a sensitive guy. So then he wishes to be the most sensitive guy in the whole world. And that takes us to wish two, where they're on a beach and Allison's actress in this scene, in this wish specifically, looks so much like 90s Mariah Carey with this hair and like the makeup and just like her face. Like she looks so much like Mariah Carey. It's like weird. Like the entire time I was watching the scene, I was just like, that's Mariah Carey. Like they're, they're the same people. But, um, 
there's not much really to this wish. He's super sensitive, always crying, super in touch, painting her, obsessed with the sunset. And then his co-workers in, you know, this fantasy come and bully him, kick sand in his face. She leaves with them. Resets 666. Um, and this time he wants to be um, rich and powerful for something that he likes and such. So she makes him a basketball player and the best basketball star in all time, like better than Michael Jordan. And, um, the CGI in this, honestly, it looks goofy. It looks stupid, but honestly, it really kind of holds up for being like 22, 23 years old at this point. Like it kind of holds up. Like, yes, it looks like, like CGI, but like, as opposed to some of the other CGI and like movies from this time period, like you can really tell that like they put money and time and effort into like trying the best that they could for the time. And because of that, it holds up nowadays. Like I'm not saying it's like 10 out of 10, but like it definitely is still like a solid like six. Um, but yes, he's a basketball star. He's dunking, sweating. His vocabulary and his intelligence is not very high or long. Um, but he's got his his dreams. Um, Allison is a reporter in here. She comes and interviews him. And she's very much horned up for him. She wants him badly. And then, you know, in a not so funny, but, you know, funny for the time. Nowadays, I don't think you can make jokes about this without it being like, that's insensitive. And you don't joke about that. Um, about the fact that he's like six, seven, six, nine, uh, like a very tall, big man. And then his, you know, male appendage, um, is not up to what you would assume of someone of that size. You know, let's just graciously say that it's probably smaller than most people would prefer or enjoy. Um, so he resets 666, goes back, and this time he wants to be smart, wealthy, powerful, the smartest in the room at all times, distinguished, classy, and well-endowed <laughs> to make up for the fact that last time he wasn't. So then we flash forward to this one, and he is a writer with like three PhDs and highly sought after. He's the talk of the town. He vacations in the Hamptons and lives in a New York City penthouse. You know, very gossip girl, very gossip girl. Um, and Allison is there and she is a socialite, I would assume. And she sees him and has to know who he is. And they date or they flirt and he takes her back to his place. And uh oh, once again, a joke that we probably can't do nowadays. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? He's got a man at home because he's gay <laughs> and as they um go out of their way to say in this movie they make him a flaming homosexual and while I don't know if I would call him a flaming homosexual um you know it it, it is what it is he is gay within the context of that wish so he 666 is out of there and then he's like okay well I've got two wishes left like I'm kind of over it like at this point he is kind of over the whole devil even though she's trying her hardest and like flirting with him and being seductive and it's Elizabeth Hurley so I mean how could you not um 
so he goes to work she talks to him and is like hey like no you're not done because you still owe me a wish and he's like no I owe you two wishes and she's like no 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 you wished for a Big Mac and a Coke so oh he doesn't actually have two wishes left he has one so by this point he's panicking you know he's like this is bull the devil is trying to screw me and not in a good way and I mean, are we surprised? I mean, it is the devil. So he tries to go to church and gets arrested. And then when he's in jail, he has a miraculous encounter with God. Um, and God reassures him that he can't give, a, give away his soul because a soul is not his to give away. And with this newfound knowledge and reassurance by a holier, a holier power. He goes back to the club and suddenly the club looks a lot different this time around with all the people there who have given their souls. And through the rest of the scene, Elizabeth Hurley as the devil tries to pressure him in theatrics and make one last wish. And, you know, this is what you wanted. And I'm your friend. I care about you. And I just want you to be what you want to be. And in one final attempt, he is pressured into making a wish. And he wishes for Allison to be happy. No matter what happens of him, that she be happy. And wouldn't you know it, this voids his contract. Because a selfless wish voids the contract because no one in 6,000 years of the devil and what she's been doing has gone about making a selfish wish. So he's free from his contract and he has learned his lesson and he's grown and he's a better person from the experiences that he has. So he goes into work, he flirts with Allison and oh no, she is actually seeing someone, but you know, it's more along the lines of like, he tried, you know, he put himself out there again. He stands up for himself against his co-workers and really asserts himself as like, I've grown and then goes home and oh my gosh, long lost twin that looks exactly like Allison has just moved in and has so many shared interests that he has like what are the chances I personally like to think that that's the devil and you know God being like wink wink like good things happen to people and we've got you on this like wink wink like nudge nudge like we're putting in a little tampering with reality just for you because it's a movie um and then the movie ends with him and his new girlfriend who I can't remember I think it's Nikki Nicole, um, walk off into happiness and the devil and God are playing a cheeky game of chess where the devil's cheating and it's fun. So that's the general plot. But as far as individual characters, Brendan Fraser as Elliot, like I said all this whole time, I mean, it's Brendan Fraser. Like we know him from the mummy and, um, me immediately blanking on anything else that he's been in besides the mummy. I know he was just in the whale, but it's Brendan Fraser. Like we all know Brendan Fraser. He's he's dreamy and likable, and that's no different in this movie. I think he is able to deliver on the central Elliot role as like a nerd who's overzealous, 
But then throughout all the different wishes, iterations of himself, um, you know, he still plays those well. Like, I believe each character that he's playing. Also, I think I totally skipped over the time he was made a president, but he was made into B, um, Abe Lincoln. So that happened. That was one of the wishes. Um, now that I'm, like, thinking about it. But, um, yeah, like, all those characters that he does inhibit and inhabit throughout this movie, like, he delivers and I enjoy. I believe them. I think he's hitting the mark on everything that needs to hit. And his performance overall, I enjoy every time he's on screen as our main character. I'm not like, mm, uh. Um, but he delivers. I mean, this movie really relies on his relationship with Elizabeth Hurley and their chemistry and like him as an actor. And he delivers on all of it. Like he really does. But the person who really steals the show and is the real star of this movie is Elizabeth Hurley as the devil. Every scene she's in, she's stealing the show. Every dialogue she's saying, she's nailing perfectly. Every outfit they put her in, she looks spectacular. All of this movie really rests on her portrayal of the devil. Because if she's too unlikable, then she's too unlikable. But if she's too likable, then she's not the devil. So she has to play that sort of middle ground of like, a bad guy that you really like. Every line coming out of her mouth, you're like, ooh, you're like cheeky and twisted, but like, I love it. Like, it's so scandalously good. Um, But she really delivers. Um, I think, I know from reading articles that other actresses really wanted this movie, wanted this role, wanted this character, but um, Harold Ramis specifically wanted Elizabeth Hurley like he asked for her specifically and she believes and you know the comments consensus is that she's so attractive but based off her work in like the Austin Powers movies that he knew that she could do comedy and like still be funny and deliver in this role and she nails it out of the park like she 10 out of 10 like home run touchdowns like all of it like this movie really is like a calling card to her and she should be proud like honestly like I know that she probably is proud you know but whatever like like if I did a performance like this in a movie like this like I would I would be like I killed that like y'all I ate that like I I devoured like you can tell me nothing you may drag or hate any other movie that I'm in but I killed as the devil in Bedazzled um, but with that being said, as always, you know, I have to talk about fashion. Fashion is very important to me and specifically movie fashion and all that stuff. So every single outfit that the devil wears, Elizabeth Hurley wears in this movie is phenomenal. 10 out of 10. I want her entire wardrobe. I need it. I want it. I deserve it. So for those of you who don't know, um, I mean, I probably don't talk about it. But in my day-to-day -day life, I have a very specific color palette. I really only wear reds, whites, blacks. And that's basically all she wears in this movie is those colors and like maids outfits and candy striper outfits and cheerleader outfits and French maid. Like, like, but overall, every single outfit she wears in this movie is phenomenal. I think it adds to her 
sex appeal. I think it adds to the seductiveness. It adds to the presentation of like the devil that of course the devil would appear to this nerdy, quiet, off-putting guy as like a super sexy, strong, confident woman in red. And I'd also like to mention that Elizabeth Hurley was 35 at the time of this movie, like filming and all that. And she looks fucking amazing, like fucking phenomenal. Every single outfit, every look, every makeup, all the hair, all of it. Like she looks phenomenal. But of course, I have to give out specific shout outs. So for me, personal standouts are the red dress she wears when we first meet her in the club the first time. Um, when she gives Elliot the cookies and she starts first talking about the deal and all that, that one. And she's got like the headband tiara of like rubies and it's amazing. Her hair's up. She looks phenomenal. Like one of the best looks in the whole movie. Second favorite look in the whole movie is after Elliot makes his selfless wish. Um, and he wakes up at the courthouse. That black suit that she's wearing amazing I want that suit I need that suit like I'm scouring the internet for that suit right now as we speak like I need it in my closet um she looks amazing but like I said like overall every outfit she wears in this movie is like to die for I want it like I like I cannot stress to you guys enough like how much I love this outfit and how much the aesthetic the vibe the energy that she's putting out in this movie is very much my vibe energy and how I dress myself day to day when I get dressed in the morning and things like that like I am very much a person who lives in the color red I'm wearing red pajama pants right now as I speak um so to have a movie where the main sort of devil antagonist is always in really top of the line costuming that happens to be red really like holds a special place in my heart um but that's really all I have for you guys today um I want to wish you all a happy valentine's day you know I know that this holiday can be a little troubling for people who are single or like in relationships what maybe they don't see going further or are in a rocky patch but I promise you if there's ever a day to just put yourself out there, to really give love a loving embrace, to do something silly or over the top or dramatic or romantic for your partner or yourself or your friends. Honestly, it's today. Love is love and you don't need a significant other to celebrate love. You know, love comes in all different shapes, forms, sizes. So if you only have pets, then treat your pets if you only have family then be good to your family you know if you have friends really cherish and like let your friends know that like hey like you're important to me and I love you and like happy valentine's day but if you do have a romantic partner I suggest sitting down and watching Bedazzled it's a fun movie it's something romantic but not too romantic I think it balances the romance and the comedy really well really well and I think that no matter who your partner is, they would enjoy sitting down for this movie. But that's it for me. I hope you guys have a fantastic Valentine's Day. And until next time, bye!